0: I'm glad you asked. So, as it stands now, um, it will be three of our elders. Obviously, Sam will not be involved with this, nor will James be involved with it, other than uh, looking over their stuff, talking with them, things like that. So, it is Bill Calendine. Feel free to walk up and say, Hey, Dr. Phil, because I think it's funny, <laughs> but because uh, he's a doctor. So, Bill Calendine, Dan Mall, um, myself, Joe Curry, um, Jenna Wolford, Lisa Young. Is that seven? I can't count that high. Six? Okay, I don't have and, both um, And Matt Wentz is the last one as well. So we will be meeting for the first time <laughs> today. I can't, I'm holding on on our fingers to count with. So, uh, but yeah, so we will be doing that later. Okay? So um, if you would, ushers, please come up. We're going to pray for the offering. And um, thank you. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your love for us. <clears throat> and thank you that as messed up as we are as people in this fallen world, that you love us so much. And um, God, I just pray for this place. I just pray that you continue to guide us and lead us into the future. And I pray that you would bring the right person uh, to this pulpit that you have in mind, not us. And uh, so, God, I just pray you be with us. I pray that you would guide us and strengthen us, give us wisdom and discernment. God, please take these gifts and use them as you see fit and for your best interests. And uh, we love you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
1: taught my heart to fear and grace my fear. my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. Go ahead and stand and sing with us. we but... we oh.
2: amen good morning so i'm going to give a brief introduction of uh, who you're looking at here this morning and uh, it's going to be brief because the main priority isn't that you get to know me the main priority is that we open god's word together and we see what he would say to his people so it is my joy to be with you this morning, and I uh, was invited here to, to fill in uh, while you guys are, are looking for a senior pastor. My name is Corey Chenier. I'm the lead pastor at North Woodbury Alliance Church, and uh, you guys are, are part of our family, and actually part of the the kingdom of God, so the, the, the church, capital T, capital C. So I get to come and share with you this morning. And uh, in that process, brought my wife and my two kids, and they're sitting right there. So her name's Julie, there's Isaac, and there's Caleb. And then Olivia was with the group that um, uh, was at Skyview Ranch, so we're thankful for all of their safety, and our youth group was there, actually, as well. And uh, before we even get started here, uh, tomorrow is what? Veterans Day. Do we have any veterans present this morning, if you have if you have served? Would you please stand if you... Uh, if you were a veteran. All right, thank you. <laughs> Very thankful for your service. And oh, we got one more back there too? Okay, thank you. Thank you. So I was thinking about what I would come and share with you this morning, and uh, this is a little bit different for me because I've actually had at North Woodbury, we've the the podium down on the ground so i like to walk around so if i do that this morning i pray that it's not a distraction for you but uh, i have a really hard time standing still so i'll probably meander around all over the place but as i was thinking about what i would bring uh for you in in prayer asking the lord what he would want for me to say um i I thought well i could go on with uh, the series that we're in at north woodbury and that is we're going through the gospel of mark but he kept bringing my, my attention back to uh, the story of David, and really what I would like to do this morning is share with you, uh, I believe God has a plan for Community Bible. I believe that his plan is good. I believe that he, he's our father, and his intention is that his bride would be made beautiful. And so your best days, honestly, you've probably heard this before, but your best days are are ahead of you because if those days include more of Jesus then those days are better. So no matter what he is is going to do as far as who's he's going to bring into this position it's going to be for his glory and your good. And so that's my prayer for you this morning and I believe what I want to share as we look at the life of David is that God's plan for you is uh, is this. And so Without me shepherding this flock, because that's not my role or my job, I want to share with you, I believe, the kind of character that God is is longing to bring to shepherd this his people. So if we would, uh, together we're going to look into the book of Acts. All right, so Acts chapter 13. We're going to be all over the place a little bit, uh, Old Testament, New Testament this morning, but we're going to start off in the book of Acts. So Acts chapter 13. And before we even get into that, what we need to do is pray. Now, I'm going to ask that you would pray with me. We're going to pray that the Lord would come, that he would uh, fill his word with his spirit, that he would speak to us this morning. And if you would also pray for uh, my congregation that I serve at North Woodbury, that they would receive the same because they actually meet at the same time uh, we are right now. So let's pray for each other. Okay, can we do that together? Thank you. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your truth. And this morning right now, as we look into your word, I pray that you would speak and that you would speak in a way that brings clarity, that brings hope, that Father is just absolutely filled with your spirit. So, Lord, right now we ask, um, we've already spent time in worship, lifting up your name and praise. This also is an act of worship. Lord, we need to hear from you. We need to see you. We need to know uh, what your plan is, what your path is. And Father, I pray that you would lay that out for us this morning as we look into your word. Lord, thank you for all that you do and all that you're going to do. We are your body. We are your bride. And you are making us beautiful. Thank you for all the work that you are doing, have done, and will do. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. So as I thought about this um, this text that we're going to read here, and even just the life of David, I was thinking, okay. So we could look at what is God's desire and His design for. the shepherd that he brings for his people, and we could go to the New Testament. We could look in First uh, Timothy. We could look in Titus. We could look in First Peter, chapter five. We could look in all of those areas, and we could see how God uh, has given a design for the elders. Which, by the way, did you know is synonymous with shepherd? And pastor, that, that word presbyteros and, and on through scripture is synonymous with the context of shepherd. And so we could look at that context and we could see, okay, God's plan for the elders among us. Yes, that's true. Uh, but I think that he wants us to look more today at the actual character of the person that would fill that. So my mind just continued to, to be drawn back to uh, David. So, Acts chapter 13, verse 22 says this, And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. So, primarily there, we look and we see that Paul is speaking to the Israelites there who are present, and he's preaching to them, and he's telling them that uh, David was a man that God had set apart He was a man after his own heart. So what does that even look like? Well, in order for us to do uh, justice to the story, we have to go back to 1 Samuel. So you have to go back to 1 Samuel and have to look at when David enters the scene. So what is it about the character of David? What is it that makes him a man after God's heart? And uh, what is it that makes him someone that God had anointed and appointed over Israel? Because David ended up becoming the shepherd king. And so the first thing that I noticed as I looked at this was David, first of all, and if we're looking at who has the Lord appointed or who has he anointed uh, over this household, his body, which by the way, did you know that, that God cares more about you all and this body than you can imagine? You are his body and his bride. So he is going to prayerfully he's going to bring someone through the wisdom that he gives to the elders and we need to be praying for them he's going to bring someone who models the character that we're looking at today as we look at David now you could say well wait a minute Corey uh, David didn't do everything right and you're absolutely correct he did not actually later on in life David did some really stupid things but what we're looking at this morning is the character of which we're talking about in Acts chapter 13 a man after God's heart so the first thing we see is in 1st Samuel chapter 16 verse 13 1st Samuel chapter 16 verse 13 Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward, and Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So what we see first is David had the call and the anointing and the Spirit of God. So that was the first thing that we see about a man after God's heart, David having the character that he was one who was anointed and appointed, and he bore witness to having the Spirit of God on his life. So. This is unique. Why? Because David didn't actually start out this way. If you look at the story, and we go back a little bit farther, uh, King Saul had been exercising rule over Israel for 40 years, and he had made some mistakes, and God said, "Um, I'm removing my spirit from you, and so I have someone else that I'm going to appoint. And he tells Samuel to go to the household of Jesse. Now, Jesse brings all of his... Sons out, and Samuel says, Surely it must be this one. Surely it must be this one. Surely it must be this one. As he looks one after the other after the other at these sons of Jesse, some of them were of great stature. They looked kingly. And God said, No, it's not this one. No, it's not this one. No, it's not this one. And at the end of it, Samuel says to Jesse, Now, wait a minute. God called me to this household. I know He did. So, do you have anybody else? Is there anyone else? And Jesse says, yeah, well, there's one more. He's just a shepherd boy. And the word that he uses to describe his son is hakaton. Do you know what the word hakaton means? It means worthless one. He's just that kid that's out there with the sheep. He literally didn't even acknowledge that son existed when Samuel came. He said, he's a -a hakaton. He's a worthless one. He's just with the sheep. And Samuel says, well, go get him. Bring him here. You see, the world's standards don't measure up to God's standards. The world's standards don't measure up to the way that God measures the heart of a man. And so he looks differently. And this worthless one ends up becoming the king of Israel. And God did some things in the heart of this man that we're going to see in King David that are representative of what I believe he wants a shepherd to look like. First of all, the first thing that he wants from his shepherds is that they would bear his call, his anointing, and his spirit. Does the Spirit of God rest on this one? Is he full of the Spirit? Is he bearing witness to the fact that he's being led by the Spirit and being led in accord with what God would say? So that's the first thing. David had the call, the anointing, and the Spirit of God. We also see that in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 14. But right here we see it at the very anointing that God gives. The second thing that we're going to see about David is this. David loved the Lord and his word. David loved the Lord and his word. So, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 45 through 47, this is David dealing with Goliath. Verses forty-five through forty-seven says this. Then David said to the Philistine, "You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give you the I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth." That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So David, as he goes, many of you may know this, but actually something that I'm finding out in our day is this, I can talk about King David, and in large measure, A lot of people will say, okay, yeah, I know if they've been in church for a while. But in the generation that is coming up, they have no idea what I'm talking about. They don't know the stories. So we need to see shepherds that are raised up, that love the word of God, that love the Lord, that are able to share his word and share him with others. See, you cannot take people where you have not been. And you cannot commend people to go where you are unwilling to go yourself. So the primary thing for a shepherd of Israel was that he would love the Lord and he would love his word. Psalm 119, the longest chapter in scripture, talks at length over and over and over again, verse after verse, about how David loved the word of God. He loved his word. And so King David here, this young man, as he was just a shepherd boy, he loved the Lord and he loved the word of God. And so he grew as a shepherd over a flock of sheep and then he grew as a shepherd king over Israel. In fact, Jesus represents this to us in the New Testament as he refers to himself as the great shepherd of the sheep. Why does he refer to us as sheep, by the way? Why do you think that is? Sheep are dumb. Who said that? (laughs) Sheep are dumb. So, what's the correlation there? Yeah, we we need a leader because we're dumb. Sometimes we are, and sometimes we need to be, not sometimes, all the time, we need to be led. Without a shepherd, sheep go astray. Without a shepherd, sheep fall into dangerous trials. And I I preached a message a while back about Chris the sheep and how uh, he was found, I believe it was in somewhere in Australia, which blows my mind. He lived out in the wilderness for five years without a shepherd. The reason why it blows my mind is because everything in Australia wants to eat you. Like, you go to Australia, they literally... Julie and I have talked about, hey, what are the places you'd like to visit around the world? Australia is never on the list. You know why? Because everything there wants to kill you. They have the world's most dangerous spiders. They have the world's most dangerous snakes. They have great white sharks that circle the entire continent and just jump out of the water and eat things. So that is just not a place I want to go. But Chris the sheep is meandering around in the wilderness for five years without a shepherd. You know what happened to Chris the sheep? He ended up growing over 90 pounds of extra wool that he carried around with him. When they found him, he looked like a giant poof ball. But then they had to cut all of that off because it was full of briars and brambles and tangles and everything else. You see, sheep need a shepherd because otherwise they fall into all kinds of trials. Someone needs to protect them because sheep really don't have much of a defense mechanism. They need someone to clean them because they can't reach certain parts. And they need someone to trim them up every now and then because if not, they grow very, very overladen with things. So it was no wonder that God chose a shepherd in David to lead the people of Israel because he understood people through the lens of sheep. Even more than him understanding the people though, the thing that set David apart was the fact that he loved the Lord and he loved the Word of God. We can look at this text and we can see that, but even beyond that, have you ever read the Psalms? The Psalms are David's heart cry. Literally, you could pray through the Psalms because they are prayers. And so David would lift up these prayers unto the Lord. He loved the Lord and he loved his word. So the shepherd that God would select, that he would choose, one, would bear his call and his anointing and most of all his spirit. Number two, the shepherd that he would choose would love him first and love his word. Number three, David was a worshiper. And he led others to worship. As we look at the life of David as it goes on, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, we see this really awesome text. Now, I grew up, I grew up in a Baptist church. So we didn't talk about this text very often. It says, verse 14, 2 Samuel chapter 6, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. David worshipped freely, openly, without shame, without reservation. The shepherd that God would choose for his people is one who knows how to worship him first. It is my belief that the lead pastor should be the chief worshiper, that he should model something that others can follow. So David was the shepherd king who worshiped the Lord, and it even says that David appointed others who would lead in worship. And so he had a heart for worship, that he would worship the Lord, and he did so even when other people didn't understand it. He did so even when other people made fun of him. First Chronicles 16.4 Shows us David's appointing of those who would worship, and then in the Psalms again, as we read in the Psalms, we can see David's heart as he leads out in worship, as he declares praise unto the one who was worthy. And it didn't mean that David always understood him. As a matter of fact, in First Chronicles chapter sixteen, we see the the dynamic of. Well, actually it's in 2 Samuel as well, but in 2 Samuel we see the dynamic of the ark and God does something that David doesn't understand and he actually gets a little bit upset. But yet he didn't stop worshiping. He didn't stop worshiping. So number one, David has the call, the anointing, and the spirit of God. Number two, David loved the Lord and his word. Number three, David was a worshiper first and he led others to worship. Next, David loved the sheep and was willing to defend them and the honor of the Lord. So you can't be a shepherd if you don't love sheep, right? You can't be a shepherd if you don't love sheep. If all you ever want to do is use the rod on the sheep, that's a problem. Although I I will admit, sometimes as a shepherd, we, we have the staff and the rod. And the rod is for what? What was the rod used for? The rod was used for the wolves, okay? So the rod was used to protect the sheep. We would, the shepherd would use the rod to protect the sheep from the wolves, from the lions, and, and David represented this. He said to King Saul when he came before uh, Goliath, and they brought David before King Saul because David was like, who is this man who stands before the armies of the Lord and defies them? The armies of the living God. We can see in David this incensed nature of he wanted to protect the honor of the Lord. That's what a real shepherd does. A real shepherd protects the honor of the Lord. He lifts up the the Lord first and is willing to stand in the gap to defend both the sheep and the honor of the Lord. So King David, before he's king, he is out in the field. And the Bible says that the Lord prepared him even to face Goliath by Allowing him the opportunity to defend the sheep from the lions and the bears. And so David learned, he learned how to use the sling, he learned how to use the tools of his warfare, he learned how to use the rod, and the rod was there to defend against the wolves, the lions, and the bears. The the staff was meant to direct the sheep. Sometimes, as a shepherd, though, do you know sheep are not only stupid, they're stubborn. Did you know that? And so sometimes, I'll be honest, I've wanted to use the staff and whack some sheep on the head. But the shepherd is designed to love the sheep. We would love the sheep and then lead them well. and Love the honor of the Lord. To, to actually be willing to defend, to stand in the gap as a warrior. To stand in the gap as a warrior who would defend the sheep. Defend the honor of the Lord. So, in that, David represented his love for the sheep because he was willing to defend them when it cost him something. He was willing to defend the sheep when it could have cost him his life. How many of you right now would be willing, if you had a, a flock of sheep... And a lion came in. How many of you would be willing to stand there and battle the lion for the life of the sheep? Honestly, I mean, in my context right now, if I were a shepherd, I'd be like, well, can I have an AK-47? I mean, sure. But David didn't have any of those tools, but he was willing to stand in the gap and defend the sheep because he loved them. And he loved the honor of the Lord. The next thing that we see about David is this. He protected the honor of those who did not honor him. You know what this requires? Humility. David was humble. I want you to think about the context of what we're talking about. You see, David was anointed king over Israel while Saul was still present. And so he served the Lord and he served Saul, but Saul wanted to kill him. And if you remember the story, we go into, into Samuel a little bit farther. We see in 1 Samuel at the uh, verse, actually, it's chapter 24 and 26, David is on the run. He's running from Saul because Saul desires to kill him, and he's hiding in a cave. And Saul comes and actually decides to use the cave as a toilet. And David is waiting. And David reaches up and he cuts the corner of Saul's robe off. And then as Saul exits the cave, David tells him. He calls out and he says, my king. And Saul turns around and David says, why are you pursuing me? I've done nothing to you. I've honored you. As a matter of fact, my men wanted to kill you. But I would not allow them because I don't want to harm the Lord's anointed. And so David honored Saul. He honored someone when that honor was not reciprocated. So that that actually tells us you have the heart of a shepherd. Sometimes as a pastor, you're going to serve people who don't like you love them anyway. And so King David learned what it meant to be humble, and he honored the Lord first by honoring those who did not reciprocate. He honored Saul because he loved God more. Even as David resounds that, he says, I will not lift my hand against the Lord's anointed. It wasn't just about Saul. It was the fact that, that he looked at King Saul and he said, God put his hand on him. I'm going to honor him. Why? Because I honor the Lord first. And so the kind of character that God exemplifies through David here, the kind of character that he's looking for in the shepherd king is one who has his call, his anointing, his spirit. He loves the Lord first and loves his word. He is a worshiper first, and then he loves the sheep and is willing to defend them, and he protects the honor of those who do not even honor him in return. This requires humility and utter submission to the Lord first. The next thing we see is this. David knew he needed repentance and restoration. The last thing that the Lord needs is shepherds who don't think they need to be shepherded. So the Lord calls David, and David, did David ever make mistakes? Can we recount any big ones? Yeah, there's some major, major mistakes that David made over the course of his life. But what we see about David that is a little bit different, obviously different than King Saul, was this. David repented. Psalm 25, 11 says this. Psalm 25, verse 11, King David writing, it says, For your namesake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Psalm 51, after his sin with Bathsheba, he cries out and, not Bathsheba, yeah, David and Bathsheba. After he cries out, he cries out and says, I see my sin, it's been revealed to me. So what we need is shepherds who are willing to see that they themselves need restoration. David knew he needed repentance and restoration. The last thing that we see about King David was this. David was a man who sought the heart of God. And that's what we read back in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. As Samuel encounters David, he looks at, upon his brothers, and the Lord told Samuel, don't look on the outward appearance. I look on the heart. And King David was a man who sought the heart of God. Acts chapter 13, verse 22, as we read earlier, and when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. David was a man of communion and prayer. What does it mean to be a man after the heart of God? So there's a twofold process here of what I see in this text. One, David represented as a shepherd king, he represented the character traits that emulated our father as a shepherd that emulated actually Jesus Christ as he is the chief shepherd but even more than that I would say also because of the way that David writes in the Psalms and because of the way that David lived and because of the way he worshiped because of all these things it wasn't just that he was a man after God's heart in emulating it was David was a relentless pursuer of God So, what kind of shepherd do we need? What kind of shepherd do we need of the sheep? The shepherd that we need over the sheep is one who, first of all, knows his need for the Lord. One who is a relentless worshiper, but one who pursues the Lord with his whole heart for his whole life and never grows beyond that. As a matter of fact, I've told our people at Northwoodbury you know, you cannot ever outgrow the gospel constantly have to preach the gospel to myself daily the fact that Jesus Christ died rose again I'm pursued by him I am saved by him I am kept by him and his truth what he accomplished for me changes me at the very core of my being changes everything about me I know my need of him I'm both convicted and convinced that without him I can do nothing. So the kind of shepherd that God has planned for his people, which by the way, like I said earlier, do you realize that God has a plan for you? For this body? Do you know that he promises in his word that he is making his bride beautiful? That he is planning and putting together and weaving together the fact that he will present his bride to himself without wrinkle, spot, or blemish. Ephesians chapter 5. He loves this body more than you can even comprehend. And his desire is that you would walk in newness, in life, and in victory that you would reach this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that you would be led by a shepherd. With this character. The kind of shepherd who bears the anointing, the call and the spirit of God. The kind of shepherd that loves the Lord and his word. The kind of shepherd that is a chief worshiper and leads others into worship. The kind of shepherd who loves the sheep and is willing to defend them and honor the Lord. The kind of shepherd who protects the honor of those who do not even reciprocate. The kind of shepherd who knows the need for repentance and restoration in his own life. And the kind of shepherd who seeks the heart of God perpetually. I believe that's what God has planned for you. I believe that is where he is taking you. And in his sovereignty, he will make this body even more beautiful in the days ahead. Can I pray for you this morning? Father, I thank you for this people. I thank you for this expression of your body, your bride. Community Bible. I thank you for each individual soul who makes up this company, who makes up this company of believers, who is gathered together, this ecclesia, this called out assembly. I thank you for those who are present, those who have yet to be present here, those who you will draw to this assembly because of your goodness, because of your glory, because of your grace. Father, I pray for the leadership team, the the selection process that will go on as they look for the shepherd that you have designed for them, the shepherd that you have called for them. And Father, I pray that you would help them to not lose heart. Actually, instead, I pray that they would have a heart of hope and realize that in reaching this community with the gospel of grace, it's actually more dependent upon them than it is even the man that you would bring. So, Father, I pray that you would encourage, I pray, Father, that you would help them to see that the man that you have appointed, the man that you have called is already in existence. You have appointed him and he will come. I pray that you give the elders wisdom. I pray that you give them insight. I pray, Father, that you would give them discernment, and I pray that the coming days of Community Bible would be more glorious than any that they have seen yet. I pray, Father, for the reaching of this community, that names would be added to your kingdom through this ministry. I thank you for these people, and I pray that you would bless them with the vision that you give. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Will you stand, please?
2: Thank you for allowing me to come and share with you this morning. Thank you for being a place that lifts up the name of the Lord. Thank you for being a community of believers that desires to reach this surrounding area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. My prayer for you is that the coming days would be more beautiful than anything you've ever experienced. That you would have a shepherd that would come that would lead you well and exemplify the character that God has designed for his people, for a shepherd over his people. Thank you again for accepting us, receiving us in this morning, and may the Lord richly bless you in all the days to come. You are dismissed.